What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. I just did an amazing show. I absolutely loved it. It's the state of the market, what's going on in lending, interest rates, um, the realtor scene, uh, how to get more deals, mindset, um, the going back to the basics of making offers. We talked about so much stuff in this show, and I think you're really going to love it. I've got Kyle Robinson, who's a huge uh, realtor, investor, lender. Um, uh, they do insurance. He's got construction businesses, roofing businesses, it was tied into real estate massively up there outside of Chicago and uh, really had a great time. I think you're really going to enjoy the show. So we'll uh, play the intro theme music and then roll into it. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. What's up, everybody? I got a great show for you today. Um, I got a, a guest who's been on the show before, and he's back, and he's uh, been a speaker at Flip Hacking Live. He gives a lot of market updates to our community, our altitude, runway, and Top Gun community. It's been an incredible um you know, partner and investor and friend of mine. And so I want to bring him on the show and kind of talk about the state of the market because he's a, he's a realtor. He's an investor. He's into uh, money lending. He understands the, the commercial money side and residential money side of lending. And it's just all around wealth of knowledge of what's happening in the pulse of the market. So today's podcast is really going to be that. Like, what's the pulse of the market? What can you expect coming up? And we're going to make some um, some bold predictions and some statements probably about what we think is going to happen in the future. And it's two guys that understand the real estate market and what's going on and plugged into a lot of transactions all around the country. And we're just going to kind of talk about what we're seeing right now and what to expect in the future. So I hope this is really beneficial for you as you get started in your investing journey or you're growing your real estate investing journey and scaling your business. Um, both of like anybody can be served by this show, which is why I'm really excited to have the conversation today. And I've got my good friend, Kyle Robinson on the show today. What's up, Kyle? Thanks for having me back, Bill. No, that's awesome, man. I'm just excited to see what's going to happen in 2024. I think there's a lot of good things on the horizon. So, yeah, me too. And I also think there's a lot of like, um, how there's still, still like fear or hesitancy or, um, or risk. It seems like people think in the marketplace and a lot of people that are like have running away. So I'm, I'm interested for those that are kind of uh, ready to listen, open their eyes and, um, can be excited about the opportunity to make money in any market and really understand that and believe it. And they might just need to switch strategies or tactics a little bit. It'd be interesting to see who actually like takes this and runs with it and then who, just kind of stays in their hole and um, and hides and waits. So um, give it a little bit of background about you, um, what you're doing right now, who you are. I think it'll help just to set the stage. And then we'll also give um, some links in the show notes to some previous shows that you've done in case people want to go back and listen to the other ones. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I'm, I'm located two hours west of Chicago. Um, I'm a real estate agent. Uh, we operate in five different markets. So I've got a real estate team. And as we started to grow the real estate team, we realized that we could serve people in more than one way. So we um, did get into, and we own a mortgage brokerage, we own an insurance company, we own a credit repair company, and multiple different construction, construction aspects that also go with the real estate community as well as roofing, solar, um, we have property maintenance, different things. So we have 11 different companies of which 10 are directly correlated to our retail real estate business. Um, and we serve 
um, you know, quite a few people from all the way from Des Moines, Iowa to Chicago. So um, those are the five different markets along Interstate 80 East and West. So. so I think everybody listening can see why I'd ask you to come talk about this. Mortgage, insurance, uh, realtor, investor, credit repair, roofing, construction, um, really have the pulse on a lot of it because it's all vertically integrated into your businesses. Yeah, so absolutely. what are you seeing right now? So like, let's just talk about the current state of the market and what you see on the lending side, the real estate side, investing side, all that stuff, because I think it'll all come into play as we talk. Yeah. So at the end of last year, I was a little bit skeptical, to be honest with you. I was, you know, things were kind of getting beat up a little bit. It was a tough year in retail real estate and naturally in lending um, as interest rates peaked up to almost 8%, you know, 7.91 on October 18th of 2023. We were lo really looking into, oh, is 2024 going to be a flat year? And I, although I do think that there's going to be some aspects that might be a little bit flat, we started to see things pick up at the end of 2023, where we saw interest rates, they've come down almost 130 basis points, which really in all reality has increased people's um, ability to be able to purchase more, right? So we're up to about what, 13 and a half, 14% more in purchasing power, depending on how you look at that. Um, and then we do have a Fed meeting coming up at the end of January, another one in March. So I'm hoping that uh, um, we'll have some positive news. Although in December, we had a higher inflation than we did in November, that kind of caused things to be a little bit stagnant. Um, I do think going into the spring market, uh, that things are going to definitely heat up. Um, and I think that a lot of investors need to understand that. Let's get properties under contract as we're going to definitely see a more competitive market in the spring for sure. So. so when you say 130 basis points, can you just talk to me like I have never heard that before? Like, what does that mean? So we went yes. from 7.9% to where? Yeah, so 100 basis points is, is a percent in interest, right? So at 7.91%, right now, national average is around 6.69%, right? So 130 basis points would be the difference between that 7.91 and the one point or the 6.69, right? So maybe just a little bit different on that, maybe 1.2% uh, or whatever. But needless to say, a basis point is 100, 1% uh, one, 1 is 100 basis points. Okay, that helps, I think, a lot of people. So we're down around 6.69, uh, 6.7%. And like uh, Kyle was talking about, as we go down maybe one percentage point in interest, it gives 11% more affordability. So he was mentioning about 13% more affordability, which means at the same mortgage price that somebody can buy a house that's, that's worth 13% more than what it was in the end of last year, October 18th, 2023. Yeah, so, um, so what have you been seeing as, what's that? About 250 bucks a month on a $300,000 house. So as much as that doesn't seem like a lot, it starts to add up, especially as we start to get um, even further down in interest rates, right? So. Yeah. And so um, what are you seeing in the kind of buying and selling world right now? I realize you're in a very cold market. So does that affect you guys in the wintertime uh, heavily versus maybe like San Diego and Florida and Texas and some of those other states that people might be listening from? Yeah, certainly we do have some seasonal traits here um, where I live at in Iowa and Illinois. Right now, this particular day, we're at zero degrees, so there's not a whole lot of activity. We can certainly see the activity in our showings go down as we get lots of snow and cold. Although the last couple of years in our area, we've been very it's been very beneficial for the weather and actually helped us in the housing market. So certainly, as we see more mild winters, we see you know more activity in the in the buying and selling for sure. 
Um, but I, I, I do think that December was a great year for us, actually. Uh, December of this last year was a little bit uh, pessimistic going into that month, but it actually ended up turning out pretty well as a lot of people were scrambling to try to get into homes before the new year. Um, January appears to be a pretty slow month, but uh, once we get to about the second week of February is typically when we see things start to wake up around where we live at. So. Yeah. And so we're talking about like retail sales right now. So if you're a flipper, this is like, I got a house that's finished. that's on the market. Um, if you're a wholesaler, it's like, you know, the flipper is bought it, fixed it up, put it on the market. And so watching those retail um, times and transactions, a lot of that is timing for a flipper to determine when to get their house listed. Should I list it on January 5th? Should I wait a little bit longer? Like, am I going to make more money if I you know, wait a couple extra two weeks. Uh, should I list it during the holidays? I usually would think about all that stuff as I was flipping more high volume houses. And so um, when you think about these, this retail side, Kyle, you're probably watching like other retail markets around. I know you have a big team inside eXp and you're coaching people all around the country. Are you seeing that same thing in other states like I was talking about, like Texas, Florida, California, some of these other places, as you look at the market, similar trends, like a little bit slower in January and picks up the middle of February, or is that just Absolutely. for the cold markets? No, I would say that that's typically a, a, a trend throughout all real estate. Um, typically January and February are gonna be the lower closing months. Um, certainly places like Florida, you know, that are 70 degrees right now, I'm sure that they're, they're in good shape, but naturally people are just doing less during the winter time. So I, I don't think it's necessarily has to do with the weather, but uh, it does play a pole in the, the northern states for sure. So Okay. So what does that mean for an investor? So, okay, all this, we've been talking about all this stuff for the retail side. Um, what, what would you say to investors right now of what to expect and what to start thinking about what they should be doing in their business based on the current interest rates, maybe some of the forecasts that you see happening? Yeah, um, I would say that. I'd be ramping up marketing. I'd be getting, getting out there and making sure I was making as many offers as possible, right? So certainly I do think that any time's a good time to invest, but certainly as people are sleeping during the winter months, swooping up some deals right now and then hoping that we're going to get those finished at the early part of spring will certainly bring some, uh, some great profits, I would say. So um, definitely if you're an investor out there right now, I would look at uh, increasing that marketing spend as we're getting into a time in which I do feel the market's going to do better. Right. So I think that we get a couple of good reports these next couple of months. Um, there's no reason that these interest rates aren't going to continue to go down. And that can be advantageous for everyone involved, especially depending on how many marketing channels and what that investor's doing. So I'm not necessarily concerned. I think always a good time to invest. So and a drop in interest rates. So we have this meeting at the end of January, another one in March. Um, let's say the interest rates do come down. What does that mean for the investors that are involved? What, what would you say? Like, how does that help us? Well, I think that naturally you can um, negotiate lower rates with your private money lenders. And certainly depending on where you're getting your money at, it could be advantageous. We use a lot of uh, community banks around here as well. And that's certainly taking into a toll on what our cash flow might be or how a deal might look. So um, I would say that uh, underwriting is certainly a little bit more strict right now with, uh, with higher rates. And uh, as these rates start to come down, we're going to be able to potentially offer a little bit more money for these properties, right? Get a little bit more competitive. So what should it do to like, what do you think is going to happen with sale prices over? Let's let's talk about some forecasting. So like, what do you think is going to happen in 2024? And I realize I'm asking you to like shake up your crystal ball here. But um, <laughs> as far as rates and um, and prices of houses and stuff like that, like what what are you guys planning on inside your businesses? Um, what do you think is going to happen going forward? And then I'll kind of throw my two cents in there. What I think. 
Yeah, we're still we're still expecting that they are going to see an increase in housing prices, depending on where you look right now. It could be anywhere between three to five and a half percent. We saw seven percent increase in our local market last year. Um, I do I do expect that things are going to continue to go up. Um, as far as days on market, I think we're going to start to see that to come back down um, as it kind of trailed up at the end of the year. Um, I, I expect it to be a, a competitive, healthy spring market for sure. What uh, what are your days on market now that you're seeing in, in your areas? Mid twenties. Mid twenties. Yeah. Yeah, I can't. Believe, it's it's funny. Um, we're kind of like complaining about that. A lot of people are like, oh my gosh, like I didn't get an offer the first weekend it was active. Uh, when I was when I was really really active, like doing hundreds of houses a year, most of the time it would take me and between 30 and 40 days to get my houses under contract. And I was a lot of concessions. There was a lot of like um, seller paid closing costs. There was a lot of negotiation down five or $10,000 off sticker price, if you will, asking price, right? Um, and that was just the market that I was used to. And so, so many of you have just come into the real estate market over the past few years. And you think that that's normal is not normal. Like what's been happening is not at all normal. And where it's $10,000 above asking price, the you're getting 15 offers on the first weekend. You're um, you're not paying any concessions, and you're not building that into your calculations and numbers, anything like that. Um, no closing costs, no negotiations, uh, all cash type deals. It's just, that's just not realistic. You, I hope you enjoyed that. But if you built your business based on that strategy, that's the challenge that you're going to see. Um, what I wrote down as Kyle was talking, this three to five percent increase that he was talking about potentially even more for the year. Uh, what I would say is what if, what if you just calculated zero? Like what if you just said, hey, this is what I believe I can sell the house for. There's gonna be no increase during the time that I'm holding it. Um, what I can sell it for today in the winter is what I'm gonna sell it for in the spring or summer. You run your numbers based on that. And then you're looking at a subseller concessions potentially or uh, not pushing the ARVs, the after repair value like you have the past three or four years. And, uh, and really being, you don't have to be conservative in four or five different areas. So don't be conservative with your rehab costs. Don't be conservative with your closing costs. Don't be conservative with your ARV because then you're just stacking a ton of conservative approaches and your offer is not going to be competitive at all with other flippers that are coming in. But what if you could just plan on, you know, it is going to be a flat market in 2024. If you said that was it, that's what I'm going to plan for. And then you get a 3% bump or a 5% bump. That's great. That's like cherry on top. But you run your numbers based on that. You expect, you know, a 30, 30 day, 30 days on market and you get 10. Like these are just all big bonuses that get thrown in at the end. I think the challenge that most investors got into over the last year is they weren't running a tight business with tight numbers. And they got bit because they were getting bailed out before by going over budget, going over timeline, and they were getting bailed out by the above asking price offers that they were getting. They were getting bailed out by, um, you know, one day on market, all cash, very competitive, those kind of things. And it, they thought they were doing really well, but their operation was was busted. So um, I agree with Kyle. I think we're going to see a like a probably a slow uh, up like an uptick in in the market, a couple percent of. Um, of appreciation, but you're so used to the, the other thing that happened was all of these above asking price offers created almost like a false value over the past few years. So it had run up the prices so much that it's not really what the house is worth. It, the, it's what people are willing to pay for it over the past few years. So it gave an actual like false peak and false top of the market. 
um, versus what it really, like a really healthy kind of growth would have been for the housing prices. So when they started kind of, you see some come down in the numbers, it really is just people not willing to overpay for the houses above asking price now. So does that make sense to you, Kyle? Did I explain it right? Yeah, I think one of the biggest problem was is that you were stacking comps on comps where people are paying 100000 over asking price. And then we started looking at that and we didn't realize that that case had 50 buyers, whereas this new case has got four buyers. Right. So 100 percent. There's definitely inflated prices, although we really haven't seen other than on some parts of the West Coast. Um, and maybe in some of the Northeast where we saw some of the reductions. But really, in all reality, a lot of them are picking back up again. So yeah. it's kind of interesting how that worked. So. Yeah. And so, so what, how I'd like to explain it to you is from a, like a nerdy data number side that I love. And many of you may not uh, appreciate that or enjoy it at all. Like looking at spreadsheets and numbers and data, but it's basically like a normalizing an increasing rate. So even if it was flat, it's actually like normalizing the craziness that just happened. So it, it if you drew a, uh, a normalized line, it would still be going up. So even if it's flat or slightly decreasing, it's actually still going up from what it should what should have happened in a in a a normal type market, not this like insane craze like I was saying. You pay over you pay fifty thousand dollars over asking price, and then the next person does the same, and the next person does the same, and then a appraiser's got three comps that they never would have comped based on any historical values, but now it's historic, and that's the that's the normal that's the normalized price now. So now okay, now we're basing everything off of that, and it just keeps going up and up and up, and eventually. Like you can't sustain that and people stop buying crazy like that. And then it flattens out and people are like, oh, or goes down 5%. They're like, it's going down 5%. Like, no, it just went up 30% in a week. Like, oh, yeah. it's just not realistic. Does that, so hopefully that makes sense explaining whole, it like that. The whole goal with raising interest rates was to stop the, stop the increase in housing prices on how crazy it was going and to reduce rent cost. And he did both. He did get both of those accomplished. And uh, now it's time to get back to business. So. Yeah, and I, I think like I, I projected uh, probably a year ago that really the focus um, and, and the time they were going to stop raising rates was when the, um, the unemployment rate went up. Mm-hmm. And what was been interesting to watch that, like I've really been studying those numbers and watching it. And um, I think the hidden unemployment that nobody really talks about is the, is the realtors and the mortgage brokers that were getting paid on commission that are not really showing up in the reports because they're not W-2 employees that are getting laid off. They're people that are falling out of of the real estate industry as realtors and, and lenders. What do you think about that? Well, I would be shocked. I, I think that we didn't lose as many as we suspected, but yeah, 100%. I mean, any 1099 employee that's not nat- natural is not included in those statistics. So it's definitely, the mortgage brokers are the ones that got pounded hard last year. There's a lot of real estate agents that fell out too, but mortgage brokers, I mean, it just, with no refi business, there's a lot of people that just, it just didn't make sense to stay in that industry. So. What, do you, what do you think, um, wh- how do you think you could, ha- like, what would you say to somebody who is a mortgage broker that's listening to this or a realtor that's listening to this that has less business than they had before, trying to get back on their feet, trying to figure out what to do? I don't know, maybe they're working a, uh, a job now that they, they hate, they really love doing what they were doing before. Like, what would be your best piece of advice to them uh, to get back in the game or to, to figure out how to make money in real estate like they know? So in either in either space, getting with the team, some somebody that's already got an established database of business sitting there that's just waiting for somebody that's ambitious that's willing to go work it. Right now, that's the main thing. And the, the great thing about us is we're a mortgage brokerage. Um, so just anybody that ever tells you that they have better interest rates, that's not true. They might get slightly better pricing depending on how much volume they do. But nobody has better rates. It has everything to do with what 
how much money they want to make, right? So we're very competitive. So right now we're aggressively seeking additional loan officers as we know that the refi refi uh, boom is going to be happening. Not a big refi boom, but typically, depending on the loan size, it could be as little as 50 basis points, but typically 100 basis points is that that at the point at which might make sense. So we're already over that threshold. So we're gearing up right now in our mortgage brokerage to be able to give people access to our database to be able to go find those leads. So I, I would highly encourage that if you're thinking about getting back and get with somebody that's already doing it, get somebody that's got a big database and start leveraging those team resources and assets to help you get back on what you want to do. So, so if they want to get in touch with you, how can they do that? You reach out, you reach out to me via Facebook, or they can certainly shoot, uh, shoot me an email at krobinson at trgmove.com. And we can certainly get, get in touch with you from there. So, okay. K Robinson at TRG Tango Romeo golf move.com. Awesome. That's great. Um, the Robinson. What about, what about realtors? What's that? The Robinson group. Yep. So that's what the TRG stands for. So, Oh, cool. What about, um, what about realtors? What would you say to the realtor? Same thing. It's kind of, uh, kind of addressed to mortgage brokers, but a realtor who, um, maybe they're just, you know, not doing as many houses. You said you didn't see as much fallout as you thought. Um, was that just from your team or like overall in the whole space well, of real overall in the industry, I think that we were expecting a higher fall out rate. I don't know the exact percentage of what it is, but it was significantly less than what we were expecting. Um, you know, and we saw a huge rise over the last two or three years in the real estate space. As you know, COVID happened, there was a lot of people that saw it as an opportunity. Um, but it, all opportunities come with activity. So if you're not willing to do the activity necessary, it's very hard to capitalize on the opportunity. So if I was talking to a real estate agent right now, I would like to get a better understanding of why they maybe didn't get the success that they were seeking for in 2023 so we can devise a plan. But I will bet you that almost all real estate agents that aren't getting the results that are seeking, it's typically a lack of activity that is causing that problem, right? So that's why I always recommend looking at team resources to really excel and get you back on um, a level a level plane. So that way you can start to utilize those resources and really dive in with the activity and non-negotiable time blocks. And then at that point you can accomplish whatever you're looking for. But both mortgage brokerages and real estate agents, if you're looking to hop back in the business and, and trying to get onto something that's gonna help you get instant success or success heading in the right direction, definitely look towards getting with the team, so. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think the I think the reason why you're the agents that you work with, the amount of like daily coaching that you do, the stand-ups, those kind of things are really helping and benefiting them to stay positive in their mindset, to keep active, to keep going out there and, and driving leads and, and the leads that are provided to them a lot of times, uh, being able to work them, doing the follow-up and and just keep going, like be around a bunch of people that have the same mindset as them. And right. I think that's really, really important because I think most of the people that are struggling and, and not in, in all, all realms, like across the investors, realtors, more, um, mortgage brokers, all these people, but investors, I see it too. It's just, they, they don't have a group around them that are cheering them on. They're pushing them. They're holding them accountable. All of those things are highly necessary, especially when times get tough. And usually when time gets, gets, when times get tough, it's when we kind of like sit in the corner, say, oh, why, oh, me, and everybody else is feeling like this. And if you're around a bunch of people who are saying, oh, yeah, like, of course, we're not going to sell as many houses. Of course, we're not going to get as many listings. Of course, we're going to have to go find another job. Like, that's how you're going to end up for sure. And so the, the top of the top will be there all the time because they know the business. And when something changes or they have to pivot, 
They're the first ones doing it. The, the cheese has moved. They know where to go, and they're going to bring whoever wants to come with them. And everybody else wants to just sit back there and keep getting fed like they have been for the last few years. They're, they're, they're going to be hungry. Absolutely. 100%. So, it's a different market right now. It's just not as easy as it has been. And But there's people out there that are, that are breaking, they're having their record years, but it's all activity-based. They're willing to go out there and do what other people aren't willing to. So, so what, what, what would you say some of those things are? Like um, as, as a realtor, uh, mortgages, investors, like what are some of the things that they're doing that other people might not be willing to do? Well, the three keys to success in anything lead generation, lead follow-up, lead conversion, right? Really focusing on those three things. As, as easy as that sounds, it's really actually putting the time into it, right? Non-negotiable time blocks every single day of the week, making sure that you're taking care of the people in your ecosystem. It's as simple as that. It really is. And it's just, most people won't do it. They make excuses. You know, I make excuses. Why am I not out there recruiting more agents or whatever the case may be? But it's non-negotiable time blocks in which all you're doing during those time blocks is that type of activity. And you have to come prepared. That's why we recommend you use CRMs. You have smart lists set up. You have things set up so that way you know where that low hanging fruit is and you start attacking that first. And then we have different sheets set up as you continue to go through that prospecting time. So, I mean, it's just all about organization. Um, the more organized you are and the better systems you have, the easier these things will be. The problem with most people in prospecting and follow-up, they don't know where to start and they spend a lot of time during that non-negotiable time block putting together the list for what they should be doing. Whereas they should already be going into that time block with the list, right? And there's just a lot of people that um, don't have that the priority set up on what the, the actual time blocking should look like. And that's what we really focus on with our agents is, hey, what are you going to do each day that's going to move the needle in your business? And it's this simple. If you were to go out and just just for a real estate agent, if you were to go out and seek to make sure that you met two new people every single week and you could take those people and you could convert at 70 percent of the 70 percent, you can actually start to predict your business. Right. And that's the problem with most people. They're not actually putting the numbers inside of a system to measure them. What's, what can be measured can be tracked and can be predictable or predicted, right? And that's what we need to focus on as real estate agent. What is our output so that way we know what we're getting back, right? Yeah, I like that a lot. One thing you said was just go back to the basics, like these three steps. It really is simple. And the more we can simplify the stuff, everybody wants to have the perfect softwares and the perfect everything and the, everything in order. It's like sometimes you, especially now, sometimes you just got to get out there and do the work. And that's, that's generating leads, that's nurturing the leads, and following up the leads, like you said, and then converting the leads. And so, um, and hope is not a strategy. So hoping that they'll take your offer without you following up with them, calling them, texting them um, on a regular basis is it's just not going to work. I, I was actually just talking to somebody uh, last week that had put out a couple proposals, a couple offers. And I was like, so where are they? And they're like, oh, I don't know. Like, I, I don't want to annoy them. I'm just going to, I'm just going to wait. I was like, no, you can't do that. Like, you, you're about to get another job waiting tables and doing all this other stuff. You're, and you're, you're doing all that. Like you're applying for a, another job. You're doing all this stuff. And you got a $30,000 offer out there. You, you can make a thir get a $30,000 check today. And that would give you three months of not having to get another job, wait tables, doing that stuff. Like go call them, text them, like put the pressure on them. Let them know that if they, if they you just need an answer. Because you know what they're afraid of, Kyle? I, 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 I could tell what she was afraid of. She was afraid of them saying no. Mm -hmm. And so she didn't want to get the no. So she was like, oh, what if I push them? They're going to say no. 
And I said, right now they're saying no. Like they're, they're not saying yes. And you might, they might need a little push, a little something where it's like, hey, you know, look, it's, it's going to take me this long to fulfill this, this order. So I set aside time for you. I want to free it up for somebody else. So I just, I'm going to, you know, let's talk about this. Let's come up with a decision. And a no's okay. And the second that she did that, she got a $30,000 contract. Love that. That's awesome. Like the next day she texted me and she was like, I got the contract 30,000 because like you just can't wait because I know how entrepreneurs are. So she's working with another entrepreneur they're, they're just flaky. They're not thinking about it. It's not that it's, it's not her. It's not her offer. It's not the proposal. They want to do business together. They just don't even know what, what day it is. And so you've, you've made offers out there. If you're a real estate investor, don't be afraid of the no. Like, don't be afraid of the no. Go out there. You've got to put some sort of timeline on it. You've got to follow up. And your follow-up shouldn't be like, do you have any questions about my offer? It should be something like, hey, you know, we came out there to see you. Um, we put together, um, you know, we, we said if we could take care of this, this, and this for you, that that number would work. But I haven't heard from you. Have you given up on this? You know, have you, have you, and as a real estate agent, have you given up on selling your house? Like, that's a, that's a door opener. You probably have a ton of, uh, talk tracks and conversations. Just, like my whole goal is just start the conversation again, as, especially as it dies out. Like, and I'll try lots of different things to do that, but don't, you can't be afraid of the no, like hope, just hoping that they're going to say yes, hoping that they're going to remember you instead of the person that came in after you, hoping that you're going to get the contract is just, it's not a strategy. And so follow up. A lot of people make the offer. They put the proposal out there. They do the listing presentation. They talk to the person and quote them rates. But then that's it. They move on to the next one and the next one and the next one. And there's, you have so much money in the follow-up. That's where it is right now. And, and the other piece is making more offers. You've got to make more offers. You've got to make more proposals. You've got to make more listing presentations. You've got to you know, send more rates to people and, and follow up and, and do those kind of things. Because that's the game in, in investing. You're, you're not getting a deal if you're not making an offer. And, and thinking that the one offer you made last week is going to come through is a bad situation. It's just not going to work. And so when people come into the runway program, we just, the first thing I say is just, just your job's, your only job is to make offers. Get comfortable to the point that you, your, your numbers are at, you know, getting dialed in and you start making offers and that's it. That's the game. If you, if you can make 20, 30 offers a week, you will get a deal. I promise you. If you make 10 offers a week, you'll, you'll get a deal. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. You just, you just got to make offers. And uh, what do you think about that, Kyle? the fact, you know, you're going to get nothing if you don't put out these offers. And that's why I try to talk to investors all the time. How do I get started? Well, you got to start telling people first and foremost what you want to do. And then secondly, you have to start making offers to people on their houses. Right. And I think one thing that we as entrepreneurs do is we always constantly want to get more and more right? More leads. We need to water, seed, and feed the field that we're already in as well. Right. So, Mm -hmm. um, Whitney had put on, um, um, a webinar about sequences on Friday, last Friday. And really, you know, part of the thing was that we need to dig deeper with what we have already. And that's the problem, right? Especially with real estate agents, they just want to get more and more leads. Whereas like, we have all this food that's already right in front of us. Why aren't we doing anything to convert it? Right. Man, I tell my, uh, like my sales team at seven figure flipping that all the time too. I hope they listen to this because you know, (laughs) it's not every, every salesperson just wants more leads. Give me better leads, higher quality leads, more leads. It's like, you know what? We've got a lot of people. We have a lot of people that we can serve that listen to this show, that are on our email list, that come to our events. And it just hasn't been the right time for them to join the runway program yet, which I totally understand. 
And the whole goal is to see how can we support you? Like when that's because when the time is right, I, they know we're the right fit for them and we know uh, they're the right fit for us. Like that, that's, that's a great value. I don't just need more and more people all the time, more and more and more and more and more. It's like, what can we give you? What can we provide you? How can we serve you? That's why we added the simulator. The simulation is my job, my, me trying to figure out how we can be so much better in getting people into action than just get stuck in this learning loop in this learning phase. Like, how do we get you to be comfortable going out there and making your first offer? Because that's Absolutely. the hard part. It's like, I could say go make offers all the time, but you're freaked out. You know, you're, you're stuck. You're, you just want to learn more. You want to make sure your ARV is perfect. You want to make sure that you know exactly what you're going to do. You want to make sure that you have money lined up. You want to make sure that you, you already have 10 contractors in line to, to do the deal. And you're going to do all that and the perfect business card and the website and all this stuff and the right realtor and the right sign to put in the yard when you get finished. It's like none of that is necessary until you get that first deal. Like just go out. The only thing you need to do is learn how to make an offer. That's it. So uh, and, and you probably see the same thing in everybody that comes to your door that you're coaching is you don't have to have it all figured out. And, but, but we have to get you comfortable with taking that first step. And otherwise, if I get you to take the first step and I help you get that first deal, game over. Like the rest of it is 10 is easy, 100 is easier, 1,000 is even easier than that. And that's that first one that's the challenge, I think. Absolutely. Whenever we get new team members or anybody I'm mentoring, whether it's investing or retail real estate or whatever they're wanting, it's all about the activity and the action, right? Taking the initiative to actually take that step forward to do it. Um, we can research and look at it all we want, but until we actually make that first step to actually go do it, it doesn't, nothing matters. And I tell my agents all the time, you only learn by doing, you got to be willing to take punches. You know, like when we have new agents come on our team, we don't even send them through all the other processes. It's like, Hey, here's the phone. Here's the CRM. Let's see how you do here. Because we can't make it past here. This other stuff probably doesn't even matter. Mm. Right. So I think like you're talking about getting all this stuff perfect. Let's focus on being able to find a list, identify sellers, and see if we can get some offers accepted. That's what we need to focus on as a real estate investor. And then all the other stuff will come together. So Yep, I totally agree. All right. Is there anything that you um, that you that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you or anything you want to talk about that we didn't cover? Just get out there, guys, and do the work this year. There's no reason that you can't be the 10% that does 90% of the deals, right? And that's the one thing that we need to understand. That's that's how it works, right? And in, maybe in an industry, you might see an 80, 20, 80% of the business done by 20% of the people, but it's the people that are willing to go out and do what other people are not willing to do. And that doesn't mean sacrifice time with your family. That doesn't mean sacrifice things in your life. It's about getting around the right people and the right rooms at the right time, right? And that's the main focus. And that's what I put spend where I spend my time, right? I can tell you back in 2018, I had a, a pivotal moment in my life. And actually, ironically, it was from joining Seven Figure and getting around people that changed my mindset that life could be much bigger than what it is. I think a lot of times we're hanging out with people that don't have visions as big as ours. And we need not necessarily kick those people out of our lives, but we need to start spending time with people that have bigger visions. So that way we can all win together. And that way, when somebody's telling you, you can't do something, you show up and you show them that you can, right? And that's where my focus in life is. I've had naysayers, but it's all about the activity and actually getting out there and doing it. So, yeah, I love that. Um, I think we're going to bring Kyle back in in the future to talk to a lot of the agents that are that are listening. 
Um, we have a couple of cool things that are happening between um, us, Kyle, and Adam uh, with our seven-figure agent program that's being rolled out. So uh, I got an exciting show coming uh, to you in the future for that and then over the next month or so. But I want to go on record before we end this just to say, here's what's going to happen this year, okay? People, investors are going to say that the, there's, okay, the media is going to say that the real estate market is in turmoil. Uh, they already are. They're going to say that there's going to be a crash. They're going to say that, um, there, there's all, all this conversation that's going to happen. The media is going to try to control the conversation and control your mind in, in every part of your life, but specifically in where you put your money because they really want it in, in Wall Street. They want it other places. They, they're going to try to point your money elsewhere. There's also an election coming up. And so that there's going to be people who are like, oh, I'm not just going to start investing until after the election. I, I, if a Republican wins, then like, okay, then I'm going to invest. If it's a Democrat that wins, I'm not going to invest. Like, it's totally going to change the housing market and everything when it is in real estate. Um, there's people that are going to start talking about foreclosures and all this other stuff, and these secret ways to find houses and all this lost stuff. And like all of this noise is going to happen in 2024. And there's going to be a lot of people that come off of the playing field and onto the sidelines, which is, and it's already happening. It's happening right now, but it's going to continue over 2024. I promise you this. Come October and November of 2024, there's going to be this huge election conversation and problem and a bunch of people saying, well, I'm not buying houses until after the election. I saw it. I saw it four years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago. I've seen it my whole time. And so it's up to you to determine when everybody else is running out, are you going to run out in and are you going to start digging your well before you get thirsty? Are you going to start putting in the work and sharpening the ax to get prepared for when there's an opportunity for you? And you can make money in any market. When somebody is running out during an election year, I am going to be taking advantage and making money the whole time. And so um, you just have to decide who you're going to be. Are you going to be the person who goes in the group and runs away from the unknown? Or are you going to be the person that runs into it? And the person who runs into these is the person who's going to have all the money, all the spoils, all the success. Exactly what Kyle talked about. If you're going to be the 10% that makes 90% of it and learn how to do that, or are you going to be the person that's running out with everyone else? And just everybody else that you hear from, that you're talking to, your friends, your family, all, oh, it's, it's dangerous, don't go over there, whatever. Whatever the media is trying to say. But I'll tell you, there's going to be this underground group of investors that are making a lot of money every year, all the time, because they're plugged in and they know what's going on. And so we have a lot of opportunity here at Seven Figure Flipping. We have a program called Seven Figure Runway. And I would encourage that you go to the site, you set up a call. It doesn't take long. It's like a four, four uh, question questionnaire. And then you jump on a call with my team and you talk for a few minutes about what you're doing, what some of your goals are. And we talk about the program and see if it's right for you. It's not a big, heavy push. It's not a hard sale. It really is just a conversation, a consultation of how can we help you? And it might be stay with the free resources. It might be here's something that's low cost. It might be, hey, it sounds like the runway program might be right for you. Or maybe you're doing a lot of deals and you want to get into Altitude or Top Gun or some of our other programs. But if you go to sevenfigurerunway.com, you can check it out. We have some great funding partners. We talked about uh, mortgages. We talked about lending. We talked about a lot of that stuff. We have some great opportunities inside of our program with a lot of our partners. And then we also have um, a new simulator concept that is that it's out and running and it's getting people into action faster than anything I've ever seen. The scenario-based training and training you how to make decisions and de-risking situations and be able to make decisions at a no-risk cost. So how do you make an offer on a house without actually having to go through with it? Well, we do it in a controlled environment before you go out on the street and start making offers. 
So new program I just ran out, uh, just just rolled out. That's from my military training, uh, but you don't have to be a Navy SEAL to do it. We're not running you up and down the beach. We're just talking about real estate and giving you some options. So go to sevenfigurerunway.com, check it out. We'd love to see you there. And uh, Kyle, if they want to get in touch with you um, and get, how can they do that? Uh, let's just give them your information one more time. We'll put it in the description. And if anybody wants to talk or reach out and get some of your support, how can they do it? Yeah, shoot me a direct message on Facebook or reach out to me on my email, which is krobinson at T as in Tom, R as in Robinson, G as in group, move, M-O-V-E dot com, krobinson at trgmove.com. Awesome. Go to sevenfigurerunway.com. Do not wait. Just sign up there. Put in an application. We'd love to talk with you. And uh, we got an event coming up in two weeks. If you get it in, the moment you hear this podcast, you might be able to come up to Spring Hill, Tennessee. Come to the office. We do an event every 90 days. We do uh, weekly accountability groups. We have an awesome video course. We have the simulator rolling out. We have a ton of like contracts, documents, uh, partnerships with other vendors. We should save you as much money as you spend. Uh, it's really amazing program. I'd love to see it. We have a great Facebook group where you can get your questions answered all the time by people who are actually doing deals right now. So go to sevenfigurerunway.com, fill out the application, and we will see you on the next show.